It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, descendant of King Henry VIII and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. What we're going to do today, Coach, is going to be uh, a reoccurring theme or a reoccurring segment here at College Recruiting Weekly at the podcast, and that's because I have found somebody uh, in my proverbial neighborhood here in the great state of North Carolina who is a great thinker, has a fantastic podcast that you need to listen to, and it's just fun to trade ideas with him and uh, we've decided to team up every once in a while and basically do a a uh, a podcast simulcast. Um, I don't know if there's such a term, but I just invented it. So uh, that's what I'm going to use. And, and basically what we're going to do is get together and talk about college athletics, sports in general, coaching philosophies, because uh, what Jason Oates does, and you can follow him on Twitter at Jason H. Oates, O-A-T-E-S, his podcast, uh, which is available uh, anywhere you would listen to a podcast, is called Whistle on a Clipboard. And what it does is focus on uh, more the broader topic of coaching. So he'll interview coaches from all different levels, get their philosophies on how to be a great coach and what they do to everything from team management to organization to really anything in a coach's life that doesn't involve the X's and O's. And really doesn't go too deeply into recruiting. I've been a guest on his show to talk about recruiting, uh, but that's not their focus. That's our focus, of course, is recruiting and a, specifically a college coach's life. So in conversations that I've had with Jason and as I've gotten to know him uh, over this last year, it's kind of obvious that we both kind of think alike. We're both interested in digging deep into topics. And so we came together and said, hey, why don't we get together every couple of months and just talk about what is sort of the hot topics in both coaching and recruiting and share that knowledge and share feedback and uh, also introduce each other's audience to the other podcasts. And so that's what we're going to do today. And I think you're really going to like it because this is a smart guy who has interviewed a lot of coaches and has a lot of knowledge. He, by the way, is going to be one of the speakers at the uh, upcoming 2017 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference here in North Carolina. We would love for you to attend. Coach, it is an amazing event. that We were bringing in so many experts, so many coaches that contribute their ideas and philosophies and and tactics when it comes to recruiting that uh, you just get some some great – it's just a great three days of learning and networking, and it's information that you really can't get anywhere else. And I say that because – uh, certainly, we share information all the time, but these are coaches coming together and opening up, here's what we do. And imagine being able to sit with a an expert like Jason Oates, uh, an expert like some of the marketing people we have coming in, uh, Division One coaches, Division Three coaches, old coaches, new coaches, experienced, inexperienced, uh, and you get to sit with them and steal their ideas and trade ideas with them and find out what's working with them, what's we're not working and it's just an amazing event that that where coaches feel free to share this information. 
Uh, and then they leave and they go right back to competing with each other. But for these three days, they kind of call off, uh, uh, they call a truce and, uh, and put down their weapons and come together and just share. And it's an amazing event. Anyway, Jason is going to be one of the people that is speaking. And you're going to, I think, understand after listening to him talk today, and he and I exchange ideas uh, that that he's a bright guy, and he is he really has his finger on the pulse of the latest coaching trends, uh, the techniques I think that are helping coaches, and the issues that are affecting them around the country. Again, regardless of division level, or if you're coaching high school or college or professional, it 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 runs the gambit. So. What I want to do is is basically get right to this conversation because it's a long one, and there is a lot we discuss, and I'm really excited again to be um, teaming up with Whistle on a Clipboard and Jason Oates for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. All right, this is Dan. And I'm Jason. Hey, Jason, good to talk to you. This is, you know, for everybody that's listening, you and I sort of came up with this idea that we talk to so many coaches individually, and we get all of these great conversations that we get to be a part of. Uh, and it made sense to us uh, to talk to each other and find out what we're hearing and, and offer some opinions and insights on that and let everybody listen in and kind of introduce each other to uh, our respective audiences. Because I can just tell you from my standpoint, Jason has a great podcast whistle on a clipboard that if you're just if you're curious about the life of coaches and how to be better that is a great podcast that you're going to get a lot of coaches just opening up it from all different levels that's really jason the cool thing about your podcast is mine is very focused on recruiting and how do you be a better communicator and and yours is really much broader and much deeper in terms of just the life of coaches and how do you get to be a better coach yeah, definitely. It's one of those things that, that I think coaching is coaching is coaching. It just depends on the sport. So I, what I try to do is is help coaches at all levels learn from other coaches from all levels. Um, and, yeah, and, and recruiting, I think, is especially this year for me, um, being a part of a high school coaching staff and having players that are uh, Division One prospects and just the things that, that have gone on things that are going on um it's added a new light and then just you know when you think about recruiting and you know listening to some of your podcasts uh, about recruiting and the different parts and the pieces and and like you said on our the on our podcast when you were on my show it's just it's about you know coaches they have to learn to sell and that's really what recruiting seems like to me very from, much yeah from the other side so yeah well, and I guess just to kind of kick this off, because we're you and I are going to have a conversation here for the next 25 minutes or so on just what we're hearing. As I mentioned at the start, I mean, we're privileged to get to hear a lot of coaches give their insights, and and sometimes that's self-contained to that individual conversation, and then we move on, and we don't take sort of step back and take this bigger uh, bigger view of things. And you know, just for instance, you are mentioned uh, you know coaching now at at the high school level and you know it's always that's sort of for my audience that's you know you're closer to what's being said and felt on a daily basis by the individuals that these coaches are most interested in getting the attention of (laughs) i mean what what have you noticed just in being up close with the athletes uh that that you 
that you get to coach and be around every day and their parents <laughs> with the idea of, of, of college athletics sort of maybe off in the distance or that might be a goal. What are some of your general observations about what, what the conversations are like these days? Well, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of kids um, and players, they, they think of getting a scholarship offer as kind of like the ultimate and yeah. um, that it's really, it's kind of, I see, I hear, when I'm talking to them, I kind of hear it like as a validation for the, all the work that they've put in. Right. And then parents, on the other hand, tend to look at it as a free, free education, but I don't think a lot of them understand really what a scholarship entails. Now, there, there are some sports like basketball and football that have full rides, but then when you look at other sports, it's kind of partials. And, you know, I see parents pushing their kids, like, to do only one sport where, you know, and it's just it's the product of Title IX, but where there's not full scholarships because they think they can – get a full ride sure um and so it's kind of one of those things it's like i don't think parents are informed enough about what they're actually pushing their kids towards and also you know those other st- st- statistics if you look at division one football about 82 83 percent of the athletes that get that, that are on rosters were multi-sports so i think from my side it's the parents that are very confused about what they're actually pushing their kids towards I, hey, I, I agree, and I think there's no, you know, I'm going to step back and say that uh, for a while I was one of those parents because my daughter ran for a while in college and, and was recruited and went through that process, and and so I got to be sort of through the parent eyes uh, what what they went through, although, you know, just from what I do, I sort of took a maybe a, maybe a little more of a realistic view towards everything, but I'll tell you, the, you know, just kind of what you were saying, parents are so involved in the process. And I know they even tell coaches at the college level, oh, you know, it's her decision or it's his decision. We're going to stay out of it. <laughs> they don't. They're, I mean, it's impossible not to unless you're just – something's going on in that family where you just have extremely mature parents and kids uh, or there's some sort of, uh, you know, aspect of, of the family that uh, that might be – you know, in adjustment or or a little bit dysfunctional, where the the parent wouldn't take an interest in their son or daughter's college career, and I just see the coaches sometimes ignoring too often the parent influence and specifically uh, kind of what what parents bring to the process. Heck, I mean, when I was a high school football coach, I learned really quickly that if you get the parent on your side, you're you're really good. I mean, that that can be huge. Uh, pay huge advantages to you just in the you know making sure that they're getting their their kids on to practice on time and you know following through with what we're demanding of them as coaches and if you don't have them on your side if they're actually feel like there's it's combative or it's you know parent versus coach which so many teams sort of descend into man it gets it gets really tough yeah i think that that you know recruiters would be best served by really informing the parents of of what the potential offer is of what of what you know what they're thinking and making sure that the parents understand that and maybe at a you know the 30,000 foot level like this is what your child could get from our school or other schools and not that it's you're telling them about the other school but you're providing them with that initial information so that you look in their eyes like as as, as an authority 
so that you put yourself in a different in a different place than all these other people who are just coming and talking about themselves. Right. Um, and I think if if you educate the parents first, now you have their trust, and then you just continue that process. And I think that a lot of recruiters would I don't know if they do that or not, but it seems to me like they probably skip over just into into the trying to get the kid to come right away rather than you know providing value <laughs> first right. before you. Um, try to sell the sell the deal. Right, right. So when I'm I'm curious when you hear parents and kids talking about that, you know, just the idea of sort of the the college athletic scholarship being the main um, sort of the the main goal that they're working towards. If they devoted time to one sport or just as an overall athlete, do you get the sense that they have a preconceived idea of the type of school, or is it very narrowly focused to certain schools and they're going to exclude some? I mean, for my audience, for coaches, I think it's always interesting for them to hear a high school or club coach like yourself give sort of a report back to them of, hey, here's what these, you know, on the ground on a daily basis, here's sort of what we hear these kids and parents talking about or you know, here's how they look at the process and, and schools in general. What do you, what are you hearing kind of along those lines about what their expectations or, or maybe even like their misconceptions about the, the process are? Well, I think for, for some kids and, and the school that I'm coaching at is a, a high academic school. So, you know, there's, there's certain kids that want to play. They're kind of realistic with what division they can play in, but they want to, they want to go, at least the kids that I'm coaching, they want to go to as high a division, but a super high academic school at the same time. Right. Um, Cause that's what their, their goal is. They, they, and just for everybody real quick, you're, the sport that you coach, I'm coaching basketball right now. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. And I say right now, cause <laughs> in the fall, sometimes it's football, sometimes it's a different sport. And in the sure. spring it's baseball. So sure. I, I moved through, um, and, but anyway, uh, so yeah, it's, and then, you know, there's other kids with <clears throat> that are again, very smart, but they're wanting to go to that high D one school as high as they can get. Right. Um, and so it's just, I can't, I think I, at least the kids that I coach have a realistic expectation of where they can go and what they can do. And then within the academics, they're looking to be at the best academic place. Now I, I know that's not necessarily true with some other kids and I don't coach AAU, but you know, on that side where they want, where they probably are stretching to go a level that they probably shouldn't. And they should probably look at another level and they don't look at it as, um, and I'm probably, you know, like D two versus, you know, D one, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, right. So it's, I think it's a different, it's a little different animal with my kids, but just because they are, realistic maybe is the better way to put it um you know they have that they at least have that information and have that knowledge in front of them i just think their their parents have a disconnect um (laughs) with (laughs) with the with the other part of it so and i say that because we've had some kids that didn't play uh, because they they think they can have or they think they can get a track scholarship but what does that track scholarship entail that kind of stuff and it's just like you know i I hate to see kids stop doing something they enjoy, another sport, to solely focus, especially when they're at high school. Because, you know, I still don't think we can project exactly what a high school athlete is going to be in college. 
Well, I mean, that's that's a it, you know that's probably its own podcast show right there. Is right. you know, how co- because we work with a lot of coaches. Volleyball, women's soccer, uh, basketball is becoming more and more like this on the women's side, especially where they're scouting freshmen and putting out offers out after your freshman year, and they really want your decision probably by the end of your sophomore year. And I'm talking about the highest level of Division One, but you know that gets into projection and you know that that's it's an ongoing conversation with college coaches and i spoke uh late last year late in 2016 at the uh, women's lacrosse coaches convention uh and one of the the major pieces of discussion internally there with that association was how do we combat early recruiting and how do we turn it around and and I think that it's very much on the mind of college coaches is how, where is this all going? I mean, I'll share with you that we work with a Division One gymnastics program at the college level. And they are not unique when I say this, that, that at that level, they are scouting and offering junior hires. Now, that's just gymnastics. That's where that has gone. Uh, and it's because it's one of the smaller sports in terms of the number of teams. It doesn't get as much attention, but... That I mean, you have junior hires being offered, and it's the norm in college gymnastics in, in many circles, especially for the top teams. Um, and so, yeah, you get. How do you project that? How do you look at a freshman in high school who's a soccer player and who's had some good club um, experience and results heading into out of junior high and into high school? But uh, do you <laughs> do you really? you know, want to offer her and is she going to keep developing? Is she, what's she going to be like as a senior? That's four years from now. And yet that coach sometimes would feel compelled to do that because if they don't, their competitor is going to. So it's sort of this vicious circle in, in college <laughs> recruiting. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of one of those. It's like, and looking from my point of view, it's kind of like they created the beast. So they got to, um, now they have to try to how, tame it. Right. But how <laughs> yeah. do they, how do you, how do you regulate yourself? You know, it's that's really what what we're kind of talking about here is how do they regulate themselves so that they don't do that? Because that, yeah, you know, I have a friend and his daughter um, has been offered and accepted to a prestigious D1 soccer school, and she's finishing her freshman year right now. Um, And that's just I'm very happy for her, but it's kind of crazy for me. And you have to wonder um, for those kids is that going to decrease their motivation or increase their motivation? And that's probably the question. I don't know how you answer that as a recruiter, but that's the one that I would want answered if I was going to offer somebody that young is, is this going to increase their motivation or decrease their motivation? Cause you know, I guess one thing I've learned from coaching kids from, you know, four years old to high school is that the ones that are really good are the ones that do it without being told. And, right. If you can figure that out, then I think that would be the per- the kid that I would recruit is the kid that does it without being told. And that's without their parent telling them, without the coach telling them, without anybody telling them. They're the one that, that goes and picks up the ball when nobody's looking and goes and shoots or, you know, goes to the cage and hits or whatever it happens to be. Um, but those are few and far hey, between. You know what? You just brought up something, Jason, and I wanted to let you ask a question, but if I can ask one more. Keep going. Um, you know, you brought up something that I was actually on the phone with a college coach the other day talking about sort of this same thing. And what they were wanting is we were trying to develop questions that would bring out uh, the 
basically the personality traits of a competitor or who who is the hungriest. He was really trying to find kids that put athletic talent aside. Who was that that person who would not have to be told? Who was super motivated? And I'm just as you were talking about that, I'm wondering. Again, because you're closer to that world. And I mean, when I was a high school coach, I could give you names of kids that every day I knew they were going to be dressed in their pads, ready to go 15 minutes before practice, waiting at the field. And then there were those that, you know, we had started warm ups and they were running out from the gym because they were consistently five or 10 minutes late. And it was the same kids. And what do you know? Talent level had a lot to do, you know, with, uh, you know, the, the motivated, uh, on-time kids usually were the more talented ones, and the ones that were late were tended to be the ones that ended up not playing a lot. Or and <laughs> I, I'm just wondering, how do you, as a as a coach now at the the high school and youth level, how do you how do you identify kids, or what would you tell college coaches they should look for uh, or ask uh, when they're interviewing an athlete? to find out who are the, which are the kids with the greatest motivation and, and, and sort of like fitting that profile that you just, that you just outlined. Right. I think probably you're going to have to ask the coaches that, that are their coaches, because if you're asking an athlete themselves, that's kind of an interesting situation. And are the kids giving you the, the, their answers or are they giving you the answers that they think you want to hear? Right. Um, well, so I think, and, and let me let me stop you there because I sort of thought that you would say that that's the right professional thing to say, and yet what I think a lot of college coaches struggle with or are finding, and I'm, I'm just mentioning this to you so that you can sort of take this into account with the rest of your answer. One of the things that is a growing problem in college athletics is because they do rely on high school club coaches for the younger athletes because there's limited contact that they can make with them in many division levels. So they're talking to these coaches, and most coaches tell them, oh, yeah, she's great. She's fantastic. Yeah, great kid, hard worker. Why? Because, number one, they'd love to get a kid recruited and because right. it sort of makes their program look good. The other thing is, do I want that parent coming back after finding out from the college coach that the high school or club coach said some negative things about her work ethic, and now I have to face the parent? I, I kind of hear or feel like – from what coaches are experiencing is that the, the, the youth high school club coaches are, and even, you know, athletic directors at the high school level mainly just want to like, I just don't want any problems. I don't want anybody coming at me mad. So I'm going to say something nice. And plus it's just, you know, sort of the nice professional thing to do. So maybe, (laughs) you know, to factoring that in, is that a, is that a correct observation? I I would say that's valid too. Uh, I was just thinking from my point of view, um, not necessarily from other coaches because I can understand that 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 other coaches want to want their kids to get recruited so that other kids will want to you know come to that high school to play or or whatever it happens to be because ultimately we as coaches are only as good as our players um you know it's it's a really tough question is how do you how do you uh set a kid at ease so that you can get the real um the real answer um yeah you know, it's it's. I, is it I asking didn't, I didn't what they no to be an it's, easy uh, answer, but it's just they, something that I you know I think it's it's a conversation I hear college coaches having a lot. Well, yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking, is it one of those things where you ask them questions not about the sport specifically, like um, what do you do with your free time? What you know, what are your favorite things to do um, when you're at home? Uh, we'll describe your normal day. 
you know, do you have a skill development coach? Do you like the skill development coach? Do you, um, do you go because, well, I don't, you know, do you go because you want to, they won't answer that question though, honestly, probably because they're, Oh yeah, I will go because I want to, right. um, you know, asking questions that don't pertain to the sport might give you an insight into, you know, like what's your favorite movie? Well, I don't go to the movies cause I'm too busy practicing or between homework and I practice outside of, of what basketball. I don't really have time to go to the movies. I think those questions might actually get you the right answer rather than asking them a sports related question. Yeah, that's um, a good point. And it's not a trick. It's just, it's a, I'm asking you about something else uh, activity wise to see what, you know, what you do, like, what do you do for fun? That kind of stuff where it's, it, it, it sets them at ease and they can give you a real answer. And then maybe you ask enough of those that then you could ask the other question. But I think uh, you'd probably be able to, get a good feeling by asking questions that way right yeah that's a good uh, that's a good point so one of the questions i had for you and and for like and for the coaches that are out there recruiting is when you look at a, a kid a high school kid and um he's been at one school and then he goes to another school and maybe even another school or he's been on one you know travel team and then goes to another travel team and then goes to another travel team does that then reflect negatively on the kid or do they try and figure out the situation why they're moving or or what i think i mean it's certainly there's there's situations that that you know there's not just one situation that that you know fits every scenario but i i think frankly jason the coaches that i talk to and that we work with are are so concerned with the the talent level and you know what they bring to the field or to the court that um, they're I, you know that's it's going to take a backseat as to you know whether or not they played on several club teams because I mean in basketball for instance it's pretty normal to bounce from club team to club team or in volleyball as well and and certainly travel softball travel baseball you get onto different teams so I don't think that's necessarily a negative. Uh, I think now if he or she, the coach, starts hearing from other coaches, the club in high school, that, hey, yeah, you know, this kid, you know, uh, was on our club team. The parents got mad at me. They switched, and now they're, um, you know, and then they came back. And, you know, I think you can get evidence of a flaky parent or a flaky (laughs) situation that might be unfolding but I don't think uh, I haven't heard coaches say, "Ooh, we're gonna stay away from her or him because look how many club teams they've played on." I think they really try to um, take it on a on a case by case basis. That might be a question that they want answered at some point in the process, but it's not something that's going to be a, a huge negative or prevent them from uh, you know from from moving forward with that athlete. Gotcha. It's it's one of those things that's that's come about and, and that I was wondering just because, you know, there are kids that, that, have, that move and, and when they do, and it's not really their choice, it seems to be like the parent pushing or the parent pushing too hard. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I didn't, I was hoping it wouldn't affect the kid, um, that much. Yeah. So that's good. I, I, don't, to know. I mean, it, you know, again, if it, the extent that it will affect the kid is probably going to center around, 
was the kid the reason for the change? In other words, gotcha. hey, I, you know, he thought he should be starting, and I only had him playing, you know, half the game. He was the sixth man off the bench, and you know, he wasn't, you know, he threw a, you know, threw a hissy fit and and uh, and changed clubs. All right, well, that's that might reflect negatively on the kid. If it's you know some other reason, just that oh hey I you know I played two years at this club and I wanted something different, or a coach I knew started a new club and I switched over there, that's a little more common. I th- I just think it's getting more commonplace in in uh, in high school and club athletics that you do you do switch, and I think frankly if you're if you've got the talent and you've got the grades and you know, the, the recruiting process now is long enough where if there's a problem or if there is something with a uh, an athlete that would rear its head that on a, in a negative way during that process, it's, you know, the, the timeline's going to take care of itself. And I think that's why most coaches would like more time and not feel like they have to be pressured into a situation, you know, in early recruiting because there is more time than to figure out does this kid have the personality and the character and everything that we're looking for? And do I want them on my program? And right now, sometimes they just don't have that time. And, uh, you know, it's, if you want the talent, there's many sports where you're just going to have to commit early. And, uh, and yeah, so it's not, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's, you know, college coaches have a tough challenge in doing that and, and, you know, it's not getting any easier. How much of a factor do the parents play into the decision to recruit a kid? Um, you know, <laughs> I think there's some well-meaning parents out there, but sometimes their well-meaning gets a little skewed. So, sure. you know, does do the coaches, do the college coaches, take that into account too? Or I think that, well, I mean, it should. Number one, I mean, all of our research says that. About 91, 92% of the time, an athlete is going to follow the direction or the advice of the parent. In other words, if at some point mom and dad says, you know, you're looking at all these schools and it's your decision, but, you know, I really think, you know, Coach Tudor is, uh, you know, he's treated you right and, you know, that's really a good situation there. Most of the time, the kids are going to say, okay, you know what, my mom thinks this, my dad thinks this, that's probably the smarter decision. And it's not that they're being forced by their parent. The one interesting thing with this generation we found is that kids really look to their parents for advice. And actually, I think it goes back to exactly the level that you're coaching at right now on the youth and high school level. You know, you look at club teams. uh, You look at basketball. Who's showing up at the game and driving the kids to the game? Mom and dad. Who who paid the registration fee or set up the, the travel and paid for the hotel room for the travel team? Mom and dad. Uh, and who's in charge of buying the equipment, setting up private lessons, mom and dad. And so <laughs> you, you then get to the end of the process and now I need to make this decision. It's kind of ridiculous for college coaches to think, well, mom and dad shouldn't be involved with the process. This is the kid's decision. Well, it, it wasn't like, you know, the mid eighties when I was in high school playing sports, I walked to practice and it was great. Mom and dad came to the game, but they didn't drive me and they, you know, sure weren't shuttling me around and you know interacting with the coach on a regular basis and so I think it was there's a little more independence there and for whatever reason socially we've gotten to the point where parents are really involved and so it just isn't realistic I don't think for college coaches to look and say well 
parents shouldn't be involved with the process at the end when for the last seven or eight years, I mean, and from the kid's standpoint too, mom and dad is a part of this. So it's actually odd to the family and to the athlete sometimes when a coach doesn't involve the parent. It looks and feels a little strange because the parent has been involved so much. And I'm sure you see that on your side. I mean, how involved parents were now versus, you know, again, when you were uh, an athlete playing. Right. No, and and yeah, they're way more involved. My parents would take me and drop me off and I wrestled in high school and I think my mom made one match out of the three years. <laughs> so, it, and it, I don't, and it, yeah, and it didn't devastate you, did it? Probably. No, I, I, I'm fine for it. She's probably more devastated for the one match she came to because I dislocated my elbow with that one. So, oh, oh no, <laughs> yeah, that's why the I one time she came. So, oh man, yeah, no, it, it's, it's it's just one of those things that that you know, parent wise. <laughs> I guess Coach Randall says that you know what's the worst part about players and their parents. Um, he wants to coach a bunch of orphans, but <laughs> you know it, I kind of parents are great, but sometimes they just they don't they don't know what they're what they're doing or not doing by their actions and in terms of with their kids. And I just wish that that you know there was something out there that the, the college recruiters would kind of help them to begin with and be like, hey guys, you know. This is good for your kid. This isn't good for your kid. This is kind of what they're looking at at the moment. Right. And, 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 and that should, kind of stuff. And we should jump in too because you mentioned Coach Randall uh, on Twitter. <laughs> it's at the Coach Randall, R A N D A L L. And it probably would take too much time to explain exactly who he is and what <laughs> just his whole thing. But it's some entertaining uh, insights on coaching if you want to look them up on on Twitter. I'll just leave it at that. And you can actually listen to a – you you interviewed Coach Randall on your podcast. Yes, I did. I actually interviewed him – twice and he kind of stole the show on the second time and, and interviewed me so it's a it's a very entertaining podcast yeah, so he's, if he's you're an entertaining character is all i will say uh, yes I'll, I'll leave it there um <laughs> so what i guess maybe to to wrap up with like a, a closing question for you and then i don't know if you have one for me but I, i'm kind of curious now as we'll get together here every couple of weeks or every few months to talk about you know sort of bigger picture stuff in in coaching and athletics what is, and I'm putting you on the spot with this, just for everybody to know, I didn't pre-clear these with uh, with Jason before I started talking to him, but I'm wondering, like, what are you sort of trying to figure out next about coaching and and sort of the, you know, just how to be a better coach, not so much for yourself, but just as you as you get these conversations under your belt with all of these great entertaining and, and enlightening coaches that you talk to on on your uh, whistle on a clipboard podcast, I'm just wondering, like, what are you looking for next, or what is the thing you're trying to figure out next? I guess kind of the biggest thing for me, and and as as I've moved through this, is coaches evaluating themselves, and and it's not like mm. a, a hard thing, but continually looking at what you do, how you do it, and seeing what else is out there. Um, and 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 learning and then questioning the way you do things to make sure it's the right way like i think that is kind of the biggest thing and it may be even more so like having a just the vision part of it and being able to have the vision share the vision but also being able to adjust the vision as it goes um okay i think you know a lot of coaches they do something because that's the way that they learned it or that's the way it's always been done and 
that isn't necessarily the best way. And, and we don't necessarily have to just look at other coaches. I think that's probably the wrong place to look. We need to look outside of coaching for other ways to do things. Um, and so I think that that's kind of huge for me in terms of the way, um, what I see is next. Um, and what I continue to do for myself, like because of all the coaches that I've interviewed, but then when you get to the books that I've read and the authors that I've interviewed and the thought leaders, those type of people, like there's a lot of information to be able to take from them and change, uh, some of the things that I do to make it better for my players. Cause ultimately it's, you know, people success for me is my kids getting better. And if my kids get better, then my team is going to be better. Right. Um, you know, that whole, and this will probably make some of your coaches mad, but that whole quote is, you know, it's about the name on the front of the Jersey, not the name on the back. Well, for me as a coach, it's the other way around. It's about the name on the back of the Jersey, not the name on the front. Cause if I get those kids as good as they can be, the rest of it takes care of itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, okay. That's really interesting because I, as you were saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, coaches, you really have to prompt them and goad them into self evaluation and getting them to take an inside look and and honestly critique themselves. So yeah, that's really that, okay. That's fascinating. That's really good. Yeah, it's one of those. Lots of people are afraid of change, but if you don't change, you get stuck and you get left behind right or you right. what's the other quote if you know you might be on the right tracks but if you're not moving forward you're going to get run over um that's kind of one of the things i think about with with right. that is continual right. improvement continual improvement right right i think you know on, on from, from how i would answer that question my own question would be uh i really want and we're really starting to do a lot of research and investigation into how coaches make a decision on an athlete because you know, a lot of our work is, you know, here's how to sell your story and and uh, guide them to wanting to be with you. But what if we flip that around and sh- is this the right prospect? Is this the right kid for your program? And how are coaches deciding on that? And, and you know, how do they, if, they, if they're going to look in basketball, for example, if you go to a tournament, if you're a college coach and, and uh, I mean, over the summer you're scouting AAU tournaments and games and you see seven point guards that you really like and you start communicating with them well how do you how do you decide your orders number one through seven how does that get defined because right now i see a lot of coaches that are just saying hey you know they're you know one of these seven we, we need to get one of these seven well does that mean if point guard number three called you tomorrow and said hey coach you're my dream school i want to be there can i commit you know, what I, I think most college coaches do is, ooh, I'm not sure. I need to take another look at him because what if there is somebody better? And, you know, so we, we talk about the athletes coming to a decision and, and how do you prompt that? What about coaches? Like, how do you how do you know as a coach when you've made the right decision? Because I hear a lot of coaches second-guessing themselves and saying, well, hey, you know, we want to take another look at you or let's say, you know, come to campus again and there's certainly times where there's value in that, but there's a lot of other times where it's really the coach just saying, I'm not even, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you're better than the other person I'm talking to. And before I commit this money, or even if it's, you know, no athletic scholarship at the D3 level, or you know, a lot of times it's, you know, very little money or none at the D2 and AIA and uh, level, and even some division one, do I commit to you and how, how do I know? And that's one thing I'm really trying to investigate and figure out. I think that's sort of the next thing on the horizon, uh, for, uh, for, for me. 
No, that sounds awesome. And, you know, it's one of those things. I don't think you create a culture. I think you invite a culture. So how do you figure out what kids fit what you want? Because, yeah. you know, it's only it's only going to be, you know, and that's how, you know, that's how if I was fortunate enough to be a college coach, I think that's how I would try and figure it out. It's like, okay, I've got these seven kids that skill-wise are all pretty freaking close, right? And so now how do I fi- figure out how – this kid, which kid best fits in what we want. Right. Um, right. And, and now, you, now you've got a whole big can of worms, but I think you've got a bunch of research there that, that would be, uh, and granted you, you're able to ask those questions after they're at the school, but you know, how could you come up with a set of questions um, that the kids could answer to be able to figure out like, you know, do they fit within right the coaches, um, what, really what the coaches at his core, because that's really where the culture comes together is the coaches and players matching up on the inside the same. Hey, Jason, as we end this, I just want to make sure we tell each other's audiences sort of who we are. We probably should have done that at the start. <laughs> but, you know, um, if they if, if college coaches wanted to listen to the Whistle on a Clipboard podcast, can you just give them a real quick 30-second wrap and or you know, summary and, and where to find you and, and just a little bit about that, and then I'll try to do the same for your audience. Yeah, um, so – uh, it's whistleandclipboard.com is the website. That's where all 161 interviews are housed. Um, if you have an iPhone or if you have iTunes, um, it's whistleandclipboard.com, and it's also on Android. It's also on Stitcher for okay. uh, the Android users. You know, it's a it's a podcast where I ask the same questions, but the ultimate goal of the podcast is to enable excellence in youth or in our players um, by by sharing knowledge, wisdom from professional coaches, thought leaders, and trainers. So that's basically the podcast. And there's from hockey, swimming, tennis, and then and then your major sports, you know, there's and there's lots of authors. You know, John Gordon's been on. It's just it's a I've been lucky enough to ask the questions and get told no enough, but then get to the yeses. So, um. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I, I enjoy listening to it. It's sort of one of my go-tos. Like if I'm traveling, especially, and I've got drives or a long flight, then that's one of the the podcasts that I enjoy listening to. And the great thing about your website too is that you can sort of search by topic. So it's not like every single podcast is necessarily going to apply to what that coach wants to know. But you know, out of the 160 plus shows that you have on on the uh, the whistleandclipboard.com website, you're going to find a lot that will apply to you and that you can listen to. So, uh, and, and just for your audience, uh, my website, dantutor.com, mainly geared towards coaching from a college perspective and especially geared towards recruiting because that sort of makes or breaks college coaches. Uh, so you can go there, and if you go to our blog and then go to the podcast link within that blog, you have a... Uh, a link to every podcast that we've done and the interviews that we've done. Again, focus very much on sort of the sales, communication, recruiting, marketing side of athletics because that, and when you get up to the college level, that really is going to determine how how successful you are. Uh, And so we focus a lot on that. And I'm also on iTunes, uh, Google, and Stitcher uh, for uh, under, and the podcast name is College Recruiting Weekly. So you can just look under that and... um, 
we, we try to bring people in that are coaches and also outside experts that can immediately make college coaches, but really any coach, better from a communication and selling standpoint. So, Jason, I'm glad we did this. This is uh, I, it's been a great conversation. Actually, the we've been talking almost 40 minutes, and it seems like it's only been about 10 minutes. So scary that we could probably keep going for another four hours, but I don't know how many people <laughs> would listen to a four-hour podcast. So, well, you know, we could break it up for them. But <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. And and you know, the 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 coaches that aren't college coaches, there's a lot of information to be able to gain from from Dan's website, from Tudor Collegiate Strategies. So, you know, even though you might not be um, a recruiter, um, but, you know, we're always in sales because we've got to sell, we've got to sell to our wives lots of times. We've got to sell to our players that we have right now. And then also knowing what, what from the college recruiting standpoint, that'll allow us to help our, our high school players a lot better. So, you know. And I'll, I'll throw in real quickly that you know we've had high school and club coaches really get to understand the research and the information and the principles that we teach, and that has actually helped them get college jobs. If and that's not necessarily the goal of every high school or college coach. Uh, probably the the more sane, stable ones stay at the high school and club <laughs> level before they get into college. But for the ones that do want to get into that, that's one of the skill sets you're going to need to know. And so. Yeah, if that's on your radar at all, that eventually you'd like to be a college coach, you better learn how to recruit or else you're not going to be a college coach for very long. Yep. <laughs> Again, it's not how good we are most of the time. It's how good our players are. There you go. So recruiting is the big deal for that. Yeah. So, Jason, great conversation and look forward to doing it again with you. Dan, I appreciate it and appreciate your audience and have a, have a great day. You too. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening too. That's uh, Hopefully you enjoyed sort of the – the uh, the mix up and the crossover between audiences and we'll we'll do it again. Excellent, sounds great. Hey, Jason, thanks a bunch. That was a lot of fun. And coaches, I hopefully you got some good information from it, and uh, and now have a new podcast to listen to. Whistle on a clipboard with Jason Oates. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason H Oates O A T E S. And uh, we look forward to any questions that you have for any of us. Just tag us both on Twitter and we'll answer those. Coach, we hope that you have a great week recruiting. We hope that you come back for our next episode. It's going to be a good one here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.